the most critical element of doing this podcast is making sure we're choosing the best books to review. The process I go through to choose the best books is I'll have Blinkist open in one tab and Goodreads open in the other. So I'll use Goodreads to see the social proof and see how many ratings it's got. But then what Blinkist offers is a 12 to 15 minute summary of the book, which they call a book in blinks. So in that, that's going to have all the best learnings and the best takeaways and all the best gold. So after reading that, I'll understand if this is really a good book worth delving into and worth purchasing. So on the app, you're going to find all the best books that you can think of and you could possibly need. So if it's something you want to check out, you can use our link at blinkist.com forward slash what you will learn to start a free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist, spelt B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com forward slash what you will learn. Welcome back to What You Will Learn. My name is Adam Ashton. Back bitches on uh, Adam Jones. Jones, dog. Today, The Art of Learning by Josh Waitskin. An inner journey to optimal performance. Mate, what a title, hey? The Art of Learning. Yeah, it sounded fucking sick. <laughs> it sounds so absolutely I, fucking amazing. The cover looks good. It looks like there's going to be a lot of wisdom in there. <laughs> I guess there is. So a lot of people oh, might be man. familiar with dude, this dude, Josh Waitzkin, uh, who was the author of the book and the, what the book is about from the uh, Tim Ferriss podcast. Tim Ferriss, he's yeah. About, he's always on the, you know, how Tim, Tim pitches. Yeah, yeah, his yeah. one-minute pitch about his yeah. podcast. It's always about the chess prodigy. Yeah. So, yeah, this is his book, Josh Waitzkin, Chess Prodigy slash Tai Chi Champion. Yeah, world champion. Uh, I was expecting, the title is The Art of Learning. So, I was expecting to learn how to learn. Yeah. Uh, I probably didn't do enough research into it and the title grabbed me. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I didn't learn a whole lot about how to learn, in all honesty. Yeah. It's it, it's definitely an autobiography. Totally. Definitely an autobiography with maybe six to eight percent of interesting ideas. Yeah. There's nothing I can go away and say, sick, tomorrow I'm gonna do this to learn to become better at learning. Yeah. It was definitely a order interesting story, man. Extremely interesting story. Chess, Tai Chi, two things I'd never thought about before. Yeah. Um but at the end of the day it just wasn't what I was expecting. Totally man. So this guy took two different areas. So first of all chess and then Tai Chi. So he absolutely mastered and these are two different completely unrelated topics. Yep. So you think the art of learning is just the the fundamentals of learning to get both and then I guess we could take away that and we could learn anything in the world and become grandmasters at it. That was the idea I had in my head before I read it. I agree with that. Definitely was not the case. Just yeah. an auto, yeah. autobiography. Uh, I reckon he wrote in an almost egotistical way about mm-hmm. how he achieved it. But yeah, worth, worth a read. I wasn't blown away, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's... A- not a five out of five, that's for sure. It starts off uh, saying a quote from Urchin Yishu from the 11th century, saying, uh, things things and the self are governed by the same principle. And it says, if you understand one thing, you understand the other. So it's saying that once you've learned how to learn, essentially, once you've learned how to master one thing, then you can use those same principles to learn other things, essentially, is what... what uh, I guess, and his thing was world champion in chess through to world champion in Tai Chi martial arts push hands competition. Yeah, so Josh was a, he began playing chess at six years old and he was playing on the stereotypical like street chess against all the drug addicts and the gamblers (laughs) and the alcoholics and all these diamonds in the rough who who had a tough life. So he learned in a really rough 
<coughs> location. In, uh, Washington Square Park in New York City. Yeah. And I think even at the James Aldrich chart, he talks about uh, playing chess there as well. Maybe mm. a bit of backgammon, I don't know. But uh, yeah, so as you said, it was like, I think he said he walked, he just walked in there and saw people playing chess and it was just instant attraction. And he just like, his mind was just so captivated. And his mum was like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah, his kids. And like, then like some old druggy dude like was like, yeah, I'll teach you how to play. And he just picked it up extremely naturally. Yeah. So yeah, he kept going and as a, he became an international master at 19. So as he was learning, I think he, one of the good takeaways from the book or something I maybe got out of it was the two approaches to learning. So yep. entity theorists versus learning theorists. <clears throat> as Astro's getting uh, beautiful text messages. <laughs> So entity theorists is like the type of people who are like, I am smart at this. So their belief system is that ability is ingrained to who they are and it's kind of like a fixed entity. Yeah. So that is as opposed to learning theorists who think they get there because they worked hard at it. And so with their belief system, the novice can become the master and everything is learnable basically. Yeah. And uh, as we talk about this, we can't give... Uh, he he explains it well, but we can give very little credit to Josh Waitzkin. <laughs> hey, this is this is straight from Carol Dweck, the book Mindset. Yeah, and uh, we should do it, man. This comes up all the time. Oh, it's yeah. come up, it came up in Drive as well. It's, it comes up everywhere, man. And it's as a bit of an uh, explanation of that entity, or like uh, colloquially a fixed mindset, is that as you say, that's what you think you have a natural ability for, and that's what you're good at, and that's what you do. So if it's like you do well on a maths test and then your parents say you're so good at maths, you're so smart at maths, and then you do bad on an English test and they say, oh, your mum wasn't good at English, so yeah, it's okay if you're not good at English. Uh, and that's bad because that just said like your results come straight from what you've already got. You can't improve it at all. Whereas learning, if you bring home a maths test and you got 100% or 95% and your parents say, oh, you worked really hard, you studied really hard to achieve that result. So it's because of the effort you put in to learn and improve that you got that result. Mm-hmm. So basically, yeah, entity theorists or fixed mindset is bad. Incremental theorists or growth yeah. mindset is good. Yeah. So you can always be... If you're an ent- entity theorist, you're fucked. Yeah. You're what, fucked. What, you've, what you are is what you are. Yeah. Whereas if you're an incremental theorist or a learning theorist, then you can always strive to improve, yeah. become better. That's it. You can learn anything and pretty much... Get to wherever you need to be if you work hard enough and learn enough. So yeah, yeah, two different belief systems. And Josh obviously took on the learning theorist kind of mindset at, at a young age, and then yeah, so his attitude to learning chess wasn't learning the early positions like a lot of other people do yeah. when they start learning. He he went to the back end, so he started playing with a king and one pawn. Yeah, and so the the end game he started with, which is like a bit different to everyone else, and yeah. He he meant he explained that as if he was doing the learning theorist approach to it, and yeah, that's how he got so far. Yeah, and as you mentioned, so what when most people learn chess, they start with everything. So each each person has sixteen pieces. So there's obviously there's what one, two, three, four, five different six different ones. So six different pieces with different move sets, hmm. and it's a lot to start off with. Uh, whereas he was saying that he started at the very basics of the, what would happen at the end of the game when you've only got those two pieces that have got the most basic moves. 
And then you could just focus on mastering that and then add a difficulty as you went, as opposed to starting with 16 pieces and trying to work it out from there. Yeah. Very Tim Ferriss-esque, the de- deconstructing of the uh, the learning. Yeah, that's it. So he had, he had some good coaches, good coach early on. His dad was pretty switched on as well by the sounds of it. A few, a few of the things I liked, he said that uh, confidence is critical for a great competitor, but overconfidence makes you brittle. So you need a definitely you definitely need a level of confidence to be a good competitor, but don't you can't be overconfident. Love it. Um, the other thing I liked at first because he was a jet, he was a jet when he was six years old, seven years old, and everyone's like, "Man, you should go and enter in these primary school tournaments and you fucking destroy it." Yeah. But his dad and his coach held him back from competition because they said that they wanted his relationship with chess to be about learning and passion at first, and then. A very distant second, way down the track, he could do competition. But if from the start it was all about beating people and winning, I think that they were worried that I'd snuff out that inner desire to and that inner passion. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, love it. So his his approach to to all his tasks was he, he reckons there's there is nothing will be learned from a challenge unless you everyone gives it your hardest. Growth comes at the point of resistance. So we learn by pushing ourselves and finding what really lies at the outer reaches of our, of our abilities by giving it your all. So I like that concept and he obviously does yeah. that with everything. He just gives it his all and then that's your, your best chance to learn stuff. Oh, for sure, man. Uh, and he says the road to success is not easy or else everyone would be the greatest at what they do. So you need to be prepared to face those challenges along the way and yeah, it's a, he says here, ultimately when it comes down to it, the only way to learn how to swim is by getting in the water. Yeah, so there's some you just got to get Jump out there and do it. Hey, it's very like uh, the book was full. It's kind of like a old kind of scripture, kind of Buddhist kind of style writing. I thought I don't know every now and then yeah. all these little, little, <laughs> little metaphors, little, and stuff. little quotes and metaphors and stuff. Didn't mind that at all. Yeah, he's very uh, he's very spiritual, isn't he? He very talks a lot about mood. meditation and finding a bit of presence and a bit of yeah, uh, being alone with yourself and stuff. Yeah, definitely. So. But, Another, about, oh, yeah, sorry, go, mate. I was going to say, do you want to, about in the soft zone, and he's saying, so it's well, it's an old Indian parable. So he says, if you want to walk across a desert, but the desert's covered in thorns. So he said, there's two ways you can go about it. One is to try and cover up all the thorns with a mat, so you can walk across the whole way along. Or the other one is to make some sandals. And so there's two. You can either try and control everything around you and try and fix everything around you. Or you can focus on what you can do. You can make some sandals and then it doesn't matter what, yeah. what, what else everyone else is doing. Yeah. So with that concept, you can learn to flow with the distraction like the blade of grass in the wind. So mm. yeah, so under any circumstances or thorns or and you can just make the sandals and you can just cruise through it and then, yeah, everything's sweet. Yeah, I love it. So another concept I liked was the numbers to leave numbers or form to leave form. I didn't get that, man. So please um, well, I go think, into it because I just didn't get it. <laughs> I, think I, I, I don't know. I think I, I half got it. But it, it, it comes again later in the book. Yeah, you talk about it a little bit. Uh, bit was, so I think it's where where you practice something enough, the process where the technical information is rooted into your unconscious mind. So mm. then your conscious oh, mind yes. can focus on smaller things. So he talks about that also in the chapter, slowing down time. So he practiced in Tai Chi enough. So it might look like he's moving really, really fast and everything, but he's trained that hard that his unconscious is doing all this stuff or his conscious mind can concentrate on something very small like the other dude's blinking. 
Yeah. When the rest of his body is doing these fucking flurry of attacks. <laughs> yeah. That's not his conscious mind doing it. So Yeah, there was... Okay. That, man, I fucking love that description. Good yeah. Stuff. So, through practice, <laughs> so through practice, you can get to that point of mastery where you're not really doing much to the work. You're just naturally just flowing through it and yeah. Yeah. As you said, so he was... Well, he was able... He was focusing on his opponent's eyes and because he trained so much the numbers to leave numbers or to record it, his body knew what it was doing. His body, and so he could focus on the eye. So as soon as he saw the other guy start to blink, that split second is his opportunity where you've slightly lost concentration. That's when he could do fucking get the count. Yeah. Push. <laughs> we were going to use the C word, mate, for special moments, but that's so all right. This, this book doesn't deserve it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, that's what, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, Breaking Stone, you want to talk about? Or you didn't like it? What was that? Well, I didn't get that personally. What was oh, okay. That? What was that again? Oh, it's just... I and I don't get how it applies. Oh, I suppose I sort of do. Anyway, so he talks... It's a it's a very short chapter. It's like a five or six-page chapter. Talks about his mum was a bit of a horse whisperer. There's two... And they said there's two ways you can break a stallion. So breaking a stallion means if you've got a, a wild horse and you want to tame it, essentially, to ride it or something. So one is to... He says one is to tie it up and freak it out. So you can walk around... Uh, rustle paper bags, rattle cans, drive it crazy until it submits, basically. So basically, you can just humiliate it and just force it and just keep just going crazy until it gives up and lies down, and that's it. Mm. And that's like completely broken in spirit, and that's cooked forever. Or um, the other way is when it's very young, you just be gentle with it. Just handle it. uh, Let it do what it wants, but you pet it, feed it, groom it, stroke it. And it begins to like you and you can act as one essentially. So they're the two ways. And I guess that's how he sort of um, applied it to some of the chess games he had. So like some crazy Russians who were trying to give him the uh, the first way of making him crazy. So they'd like tap chess pieces against the table or they'd like kick him right? kick him under the table, like <laughs> breathe, in, breathe in his face and shit like that and yell in Russian to the coach and stuff, trying to throw him off. Whereas he was, uh, he was going about it the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. There's a good breathing exercise. We won't talk about it, but if you're interested, messages. Yeah. Or read uh, page 100 of The Art of Learning. Get the book. So uh, another learning concept which I got out of was investment in loss. Oh, man, love it. So Just open to that part. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the idea where you, you lose the ego and you're happy to lose in order to win in yep. the long term. So you might look stupid and silly at the start by doing something different, but in reality, it's an investment for the future because you're learning a new way of doing something. Or so an example of that might be like a Tiger Woods altering his Sick. golf swing <laughs> to get better. So maybe the first three months he, he looks like an idiot and he's getting shit strokes and all that. Yeah. But over time, he's actually much better off for the transition. Yeah. So they said Tiger Woods. He was number one in the world, destroying so far ahead of the competition, and then he realizes he wasn't quite up to it, so he altered his he altered his swing slightly. Which was a bit of a short-term pain, but ultimately a long-term gain. And got a lot of pussy out of it as well. <laughs> oh, Tiger oh, Woods. <laughs> oh, Woods. <laughs> um, but yeah. He so, paid for it, mate. doesn't really count. Did he? He, he had a lot of for birds. It. He had he a lot of birds. He didn't care. He paid for it. Yeah. Oh, he would have got a few, though. He had a hot wife. What a, what a dog. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's part of... Comes back to the growth and fixed mindset as well. Whereas if someone who is of that fixed mindset... A loss to them is an absolute crisis. Whereas if you're of a growth mindset, having a loss is, is an opportunity for growth. Mate, the other example you use is Michael Jordan. 
Mm. So he says it's common knowledge that Michael Jordan made many more uh, has made more last minute shots to win the game than any player in history. But what people don't realize as well, he's also missed more last minute shots and lost the game than any player in history. So that investment in loss, willing to invest, put yourself out there, take the risk, and cop a few misses in order to get those uh, those wins. Yeah, love it. So yeah, a what about the? I really liked the uh, his example when he used adversity. So he six weeks before he uh, before the world championships for Tai Chi or whatever, he actually broke his broke his arm. Yeah, yeah. So the doctors at the time were telling him, look, mate, you've got no chance of yeah, you're competing, you're cooked, you're done. So a lot of people would take this adversity and be like, fuck, game over, sit in their bed and cry. But what yeah. Waitskin did, actually, he's, with the broken arm, he trained himself with the one arm. For yeah. the first four weeks, he learned how to uh, block the, the other guy's attacks just with one arm. So yeah. he could effectively negate two hands with just the one and then... By the time the sixth week came along, just before the championships, his other arm got better, and then he was much better for it because one arm could take on two of the other guy's arms. Yeah. And had a free arm to smack the other guy like he wished. Yeah, and he was a right-hander, and he broke his right hand. So it meant he was forced to focus on that left. Yeah. So he took that opportunity, and he forced um, forced himself to work on, uh, work on that. Yeah. So, yeah, very good. Uh, one thing he said he learned as a competitor is that there is a clear distinction between what it takes to be decent, what it takes to be good, what it takes to be great, and what it takes to be among the best. Yeah. Yeah. So he said if you want to be mediocre, it's very easy to be me- mediocre. Yeah. A lot of margin for error. Fucking nice. Any, uh, any other th- things, mate? Any other learning concepts or chapters <clears throat> you, you want to take out? Um, not a whole lot. What I liked... So it's in three parts, and basically part one is his chess journey, part two is his Tai Chi journey, and then part three is, he calls it, what does he call it, bringing it all together or something. Yeah. And I think there's some good, I liked part three when I was reading it, there's some good stuff, so that's where he talks about some of the more overarching concepts that are more a bit more applicable. So he talks about searching for the zone, building a trigger, making examples. There's a few good stories there, but... Overall, it's not. It's definitely not one of my favorite books. I gave it during the week. I gave it a two out of five. Yeah. But doing this podcast again, just covering the good stuff, I actually don't yeah. mind it. All right. Yeah. And I, I think that's. I just. It was just my ex- expectations weren't weren't met, and that's probably probably my fault. The title's pretty fucking sick. Yeah. But it's definitely autobiography, definitely, it's which I wasn't an, expecting. Yeah, definitely. It's not an objective book about learning at all. It's about yeah, Josh Waitzkin and his life. Yeah. And then you can take his lessons if you want. It's not It's not objective. And it's not really... Um, yeah, it's not really like the stuff that we've talked about. It wasn't obvious. It wasn't like, here's my story, then a break, here's the concept behind it it was very much woven i feel like we had to dig those out a yeah bit. so yeah definitely mate so would you recommend it uh no me either <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you read if you read 50 books a year it's probably a good one to include but if you're going to read um five books it's a, a year, lot of it's, it's not better books. it's definitely not top 10 not top it's probably not top 50 yeah so yeah if you're Real big learner, yeah. There's a few things you can take out of it. Uh, sorry, big reader, but ultimately. Or if you're interested in his lifestyle, it's a good autobiography. Yeah, so definitely. But Other yeah. than that, about <laughs> that, Joshy. Sorry, Should we sorry, get him Josh. on, or he won't want to come nah, on? <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's an interesting guy. Oh yeah, we'll get him on. <laughs> <laughs> 
Spoiler. <laughs> All right. Let's have a scene. Let's fucking see it. you're getting something out of the podcast and if you learned something from that episode we'd really appreciate it if you left a review for the show there is really nothing out there that gets me happier about doing this podcast than reading some of the feedback that we get from some of the listeners and the best way to give the feedback i think is in reviews so we can also inject a bit of social proof for other people to to jump on the show also so you can do it on itunes you can do it on your facebook or uh, anywhere that you can leave a review And we'll really appreciate it. It'll make our day. And thank you very much.